0: By the way, we're recording. Oh shit! (laughs) I feel like I have more energy this time. Coffee. Coffee. This is like my third cup of coffee today. Coffee is nice. (laughs) And I've actually had food, had like two bottles of water. No alcohol. All right. Want to get into it? Yes. Let's get into it. All right. Here we go. Hi, I'm Rachel. And I'm Grace. Welcome to our podcast Myths and Misfortunes. We are a paranormal and true crime podcast. And each week we pick somewhere in the world and base our stories on that place and/or surrounding areas. So this week we did a fun little place across the pond. Across the pond, it's Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Da Vinci. Evan. Cue bagpipes. <laughs> oh, no, bagpipes I don't know what I don't know what noise you just tried to make, but that was not it. it Scotland was just a very beautiful place when I went. Yeah, Rachel's been there. I haven't been there. Okay, you're coming with me next time, so hush. Okay. My favorite place was the Glencoe, which is in the Highlands area, which is actually what our little history is about today. The Glencoe is one of the most wondrous and beautiful areas of natural wilderness in the whole of Britain. All of Britain. All of Britain. All of Britain. From Loch Leven at its northern end to Moor further south, the Glencoe is surrounded by huge and imposing mountains, which, you remember the picture I showed yeah, you? Yeah, you showed me there. were It was beautiful. beautiful. I was, I'm really jealous. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and the snow on it, too, just... This area is actually very popular among climbers and skiers today due to its snowy disposition. Mm, Can't relate. (laughs) (laughs) Can't relate to the climbers or or the snowy disposition. (laughs) I was going to say climbers. Okay. Because I like hiking. I just don't want
1: to. don't want
0: to climb? No, it's not an actual mountain. No. Okay. Uh, however, the temperamental weather can be very harsh up there. And on February 13th, 1692, it turned out to be the death of many of the clan MacDonald. Oof. 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 Yes. As far back as the 12th century in Scotland, family was organized into network called, networks called clans. I can't even imagine... What, like, what year is the 12th century? Hmm. That's because the U.S. is so young. I know. This, yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you. We just had to separate from our British brethren for less taxes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Throw um, that tea in the harbor! No, okay. Never mind. That was such a waste of tea. <laughs> I, you know, I... I just saw that one post, um, maybe, like, a year ago about how, like, tea actually was in, like, the... The bricks. Yeah. And I was like, well, just some tea bags, like, but it's so it much was- tea. Yeah. So, I get it now. Yeah, and, like, the whole brick was supposed to last, what, a year or so? Yeah. yeah. And you're just, like, tossing thousands of pounds of tea into Well, I'm like, the- why don't they make that cut out of tea now? Does is it just... I feel like it'd be nice. Because people are spoiled and don't want to clean their tea leaves out of their cups. No, I mean, I feel like that's why we should do it. But that's why people don't do it. It's because they don't want to clean tea leaves out of their cups. Well, I figured that the bricks weren't, like... No, you, like, shaved off and used it from the brick. Maybe I'm just thinking of it as, like, a solidified, like already tea you know like yeah, yeah like instant not, tea it's just not, like a brick form it's just not like a powder,
1: <laughs> okay it's not <laughs> just tea in powder in brick form. Form.
0: cut it <laughs> <laughs> i'm an idiot <laughs> you're not an idiot it's you know what anyone would think that just looking at that big brick well yeah because i once bought a um a block of like a little brick of henna from Lush, for my sister, and that's yeah. how I, ju- I just imagined it. What she use the henna for? Her hair. Oh. Yeah. Oh, I was sitting there thinking she was giving herself henna tattoos like, oh, can she do one for no, me? No, she uses it to dye her hair. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I've seen that. It's supposed to be good for your hair, too. Healthy. Apparently it didn't do much. It's because her hair is already dark. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. Okay, so, let's see, where was I? Oh yeah, back to the history <laughs> <laughs> Now that we've derailed the convo y- Yes Fun fact, clan means children in Gaelic You oh. know, your Gaelic word of the day <laughs> uh, And one of the most prolific clans in the Highland clan system Was that of the Clan Donald So, within the Clan Donald There was a smaller section called the McDonald's mm. or the Mc- where McDonald's came from? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it's Mac, not Mick. Uh, well, things change. Yeah. You just remove the A. Yeah. Well, but also, the McDonald's were known as the McLeans. That is what they are more specifically known as. So, the Glencoe... I'm confused. Like. So, their clan is McDonald, but they're also known as the McLeans? Yes. the The clan leader... Was Alasdair McLean? Oh, okay. Yeah, I I really should do some more research as to why that is, but I was just kind of like, ah, it's okay. They have two last names. I guess I, it's okay. I don't know. I don't know. You know, family branches. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's, like I <laughs> said, names change. Yeah, the Glencoe had been home to the McDonald family. Since as early as the 14th century, so. also way, way back there. Yep. Yeah. And as I said before, the chief of the McDonald's was Alasdair MacDonald. He was well-respected by his clan and feared by others, which was a very old-school method for being a chief. So I'm sitting here thinking, like, Viking people terrified. Oh. I was thinking of the um... You know that one thing at the office? Like, I want you to fear how much he, uh, you love me or something like that? Hold on. Would I... Okay. Okay. Um, it's that... Uh, yeah, it was, would I rather be feared or loved? Easy. Both. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. Was this by that one guy? Yep, It's the office. I know it's the office. Steve Carell? Oh, that was Steve Carell. I was thinking it was that other guy. um, what is his name? Andy? No. Are you talking about um, Chris... Uh, which Chris? What are the Chris... Chris Pratt? No, not Chris Pratt. That's Parks and Recreation. Yeah, that's what no. you said to Andy. So it's like, <laughs> do you no, mean Parks and Rec? Name. No, that that guy in the office who dated... Not, not Dwight Schrute. The one that dated the blonde girl for a short. Jim. Period. No, not Jim. Uh, the other one. The other young guy. I don't know. <laughs> ah, what's his name? Hold on. Um. Oh, that Andy. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> I still knew his name. I forget, but he's not really okay. Yeah. Okay, that's not who I thought you were talking about. I thought you were talking about um Ryan. No. Okay. No, Ryan was a douchebag. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, this, the guy I was talking about, not a douchebag. Uh, b- 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 Sorry, continue with your back. story. I know I'm derailing yeah. it a lot. Back on topic. So I you are telling me to <laughs> back off. I was like, okay, got it, got <laughs> it. Okay, so um, anyway, the McLeans were the McDonald's. Um, but for this. Feared. Feared. Yeah, that's where we were. Yes, yes. He wanted to be feared by others, but respected by his clan. So, for this story, we're going to refer to the McDonald's as they were called then the McLeans. So, the McLeans were troublemakers. They constantly raided, pillaged, and stole cattle from the neighboring clans. And one of the clans that was most affected during all of this was the Clan Campbell like the soup (laughs) like the soup oh so that one is like the soup but the mcdonald's aren't like the mcdonald's yes Hmm. actually because i found a um there was a post on one of the websites where i was reading where someone who was a campbell had mentioned the campbell soup so i was like oh okay so you are related to the campbell soup (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they are personally related to this can of Campbell's soup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, particularly the uh, cream of chicken. Ew. <laughs> yeah. No, but the cream of... Like chicken noodle. But uh, <laughs> but the cream of chicken soup is really good in like hash brown casserole. Yeah, but not as an actual soup. Well, I don't eat actual soup unless I make it from scratch. That. Okay. Okay. Campbell's. Campbell's, Maclean's in 1688 King James VII who many of the Highland clans openly swore allegiance to abdicated himself from the throne upon, upon the realization that he was unable to fight the Prince William of Orange and his army's invasion the Highlanders alliance however did not transfer to Prince of Orange easily at least an order came through in December of 1691 that the chiefs were to sign an alliance to the soon-to-be King William, who was the Prince of Orange. What was that? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Of right. Okay. The chiefs of the clans were to sign an alliance to the soon-to-be King William by January 1st of 1692. This oath originally had promised money and land to those who swore their allegiance. However, by the time that it was publicly circulating, the terms had become much much more threatening. Either the clans would sign the agreement, or they would be punished with the utmost extremity to the law. That's great. Like, banishment? No, like, (laughs) death. (laughs) Oh, oh, that would be the... Um. What did you say? Utmost <laughs> extremity. Extremity. Uh, ex- mm. Yeah. The wonderful mastermind behind this agreement was the Secretary of State John Dalrymple, Master of Stair. Also, I just want to say this position was made specifically for this John Dalrymple guy. Just you know, handing out noble positions to anyone whose daddy can complain about it. What is a master of stair? It is just a fancy name for a nobleman. Oh, I was gonna say it's either got <laughs> something to do with like building stairs, or like he won a um stair staring contest. contest. <laughs> well, no, it's spelled like the building stairs. Oh. But, it's, I, it, I actually did look it up. It. <laughs> Literally, it's just a noble thing. I thought it was maybe related to where he was from. It's not. It's oh. just a master of state. So, it's just like one of those um, times where you just give yourself a nickname. Yeah. That's yeah. douche. My mm-hmm. thought the entire, entire time. Anyway, John Dalrymple was a lowlander and a Protestant. He had a strong dislike for the Highlanders and viewed their whole way of life as a hindrance to Scotland which he thought would be better served in union with England he also seemed to have a personal vendetta against the Maclean's you know it's always good when um personal vendettas get mixed in with politics (laughs) yeah politics Mm. don't need to talk about that Uh. So, another issue is a lot of the clans... Backtrack. (laughs) That should be a thing. Backtrack. (laughs) So, another issue a lot of the clans were having was that they were still sworn by an oath to the previous king. And because they were still sworn by this oath, they could not swear their allegiance to King William... And it wasn't until December 12th, before the clans were released from their oath, and then December 28th, before a messenger finally arrived to the Highlands with the news. This only left, like, three days for the Highlanders to travel to where they needed to go and swear their allegiance to this new king. And yeah. where was the new king? Like, Not where they were. No, basically, the, the Highlanders had to travel... Let's see. I had it in here somewhere. They had to travel to swear their allegiance in front of a sheriff. Oh, okay. Okay. <clears throat> so, like, in front of another, I guess, back then, political figure. Okay. That sheriffs were. Uh Alexander McLean, the leader of the McDonald Clan, right? Who was fearful for the safety of his clan, left for Fort Williams in order to sign the oath. Which, you know, this happened the day that they got news. Right. At which point, he was turned away by Colonel John Hill, who told him that the oath had to be taken in front of a sheriff. This involved a 60-mile trek to Invereray. Why did he go to the that place first? Because that's where he thought he had to go. I don't know. Okay, well, just cut that. Ignore me. Just ignore that, yeah. No, he, uh, he went to Fort Williams, because this was, like, a base for the king and all that. Okay, so well, I figured like figured if, if there's, like, the somebody king. there, like, that's in relation to the king, then he can go ahead and be like, yeah, I'm down for this. Yeah, kind of okay. like, I guess a capital, but really wasn't a capital. Okay. Uh, but anyway, he was turned away and said that he had to take the oath in front of a sheriff. This involved a 60-mile trek to... In Vero mm. home to his wonderful enemies, the Campbell Chicken Noodle Chicken Chicken the Chicken Noodle Soup Clan. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he almost he almost made the deadline. He was really so close, but the Campbell soldiers captured him and detained him for a day, and then several more days while waiting for the sheriff to return. That's some bullshit. Yes. The Campbells also had a personal vendetta against him. I'm never eating Campbell's chicken noodle (laughs) soup again. That's okay. Uh, That's not okay. Campbell's is okay. Uh, He then had to plead with the sheriff to accept his late oath. And this was life or death for his clan, and through no fault of his own, he did not make it in time to give his oath to the King William before the January first due date. The sheriff wasn't able to accept his oath and it was said it was sent to Edinburgh to be reviewed by the master of Stair and his legal team. Remember this guy who So he had to go to a sheriff, couldn't get to the sheriff, and when he did get to the sheriff, he couldn't even do anything. Mm-mm. So, would that have happened anyway? Like, even if he had gotten to a sheriff in time? P- probably not. Okay. No, probably not, because there- a lot of the other clans had made it in time. Oh, uh, so he just- couldn't accept it because it was just too late yeah it wasn't just like he was an asshole yeah the no the way i'm reading it the sheriff couldn't accept it because it it was too late it was past the january first date so you know the sheriff took it up the legal ladder and said oh well i'm gonna send this to edinburgh to the master of stair and he can decide whether is that how you say edinburgh edinburgh yeah Yeah. okay just wanna. Let's just be good old Kentuckians. Edinburgh. It's Edinburgh. <laughs> no, Edinburgh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the sheriff sent it to Edinburgh to be reviewed by the master stair and his legal team. But remember, this guy just had a, had the vendetta against the police. Yeah. He did not like them. Because it was delivered so late, his oath was declined and the orders were made. They were explicit. The McDonald's were to be slaughtered, cut off root and branch. So, three commanders were involved two from the Campbell Regiment, and is that the right word? Regiment? Sure. sure, sounds right. And one from Fort William. However, two of the commanders could not go through with it. They were good guys. So happy for them. But it was. <laughs> <laughs> so happy for them. So happy, so proud of them. It was Captain Robert Campbell who carried out Stara's final order, to put all to sword under seventy. Mm. Yeah, anyone under seventy, they were explicitly told, do not allow them to live. Oh, root and branch. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So they couldn't spread the family anymore because nobody was fertile. Yeah, exactly. Cool. The soldiers arrived in Glencoe twelve days before the massacre, as friends seeking shelter due to the fact that the fort was full. So, Fort William was so full that the Campbell soldiers had to branch out and seek shelter Another elsewhere. At other places, and one of them was the McDonald's. Yes, okay. and one of them was the McDonald's, so the, Mayna- the, but it, but it, the McDonald's, being the, the good Highlanders they were, honored the Highland hospitality code and gave the soldiers board in their own houses for 12 days. At this time, neither the soldiers or the clan knew what lay ahead for them. Like, the soldiers did not know that they were going to get orders one day to have to kill these people. That's sort of, so they spend, how many days did you said Eleven? Twelve days. Twelve. Twelve, 12 days, days. Getting to know people. So almost two weeks you're with people, and then you get orders that you have to kill them. Mm-hmm. So on the night of February 13th, a blizzard just kind of, like, came down on the Glencoe. And as the Maclean's were sleeping, the soldiers gathered and received their orders, and this is in quote, "'Sir, you are hereby ordered to fall upon the rebels, the MacDonalds of Glencoe, and to put all to the sword under 70. This you are to put in execution at 5 o'clock precisely.'" This is by the king's special command for the good and safety of the country, that these miscreants be cut off root and branch. So not immediately. Yeah, they started killing at five o'clock precisely. That that's so weird. Just I guess it's because you know people. people so instead s- of closing time, it's killing time. <laughs> five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> okay, not five, five o'clock, o'clock at, at the- night. <laughs> All right. I just assumed they were, like, halfway through dinner, and then they're like, oh, let's go. Oh, like that scene from, um, Game of Thrones. Yeah. (laughs) That was such a horrible scene, and they killed the girl with the baby. Oh. Oh, No. That's not. Just Just brought it down. I know. (laughs) Okay, it was the morning time. Okay. By morning, 38 were dead, including the chief. Damn. Yeah. Uh, However, many escaped into the hills, some finding shelter before the harsh weather conditions could get to them. So, it almost seemed as if the Campbells had alerted to the families that had been hosting them. This would give them time to bundle up in preparation for the cold and escape into the darkness. That's good. At least they weren't just like, oh, we're going to keep this secret. And they actually helped them. Yeah, there were like there were some good guy Campbells. Like they did good. All right, I guess I'll have some Campbells. I prefer Progresso, but I'll, I'll, I'll still try it. Everyone <laughs> still try time. Campbells. <laughs> well, there um, I think they have a uh, a hearty Campbell soup. Yeah. that one actually isn't bad. So anyway, the first to die was Duncan Rankin shot down as he tried to escape by crossing the River Coe near the chief's house. Thank you, Da Vinci. <laughs> uh, Alistair McLean was shot twice and killed in his house, but his sons escaped, thankfully. Live Dang. on. Hmm? Sorry, that's rough. Shot in your own house. It, yeah, he couldn't protect himself because he was asleep. So, in all 38, as I said, 38 men died either in their homes or as they tried to flee the Glen, including nine who were first tied up and then shot. That's... not even mm. given a chance. So just straight up executed. I feel like... At least give them a chance to defend themselves. Right. Then, um... Then another 40 women and children died of exposures after their homes were burned. So this wasn't even a go in and just kill these people. Like, they were burning their houses, stealing their flock, and not giving them a chance to survive if they did survive. As a whole, the nation of Scotland was outraged by the Massacre of Glencoe, especially due to the hospitality that the the Maclean's had towards their murderers. Right. The Scottish Parliament declared that the whole affair was an act of murder. So John Dalrymple, the master of stair and person who had ordered the killing of the Maclean's, Resigned, and the matter was forgotten by the government. Heck yeah. Well, Well, no, I mean, I don't mean, like, heck yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) that guy's no longer in power, so that's good, but... But the matter was still forgotten. That's not as good. Yeah, however, uh, while the government may have forgotten, the people did not. A monument was then erected in memory of those lost due to the massacre, and it is now a very popular tourist site. And specifically, when I went and... When I went on a tour up to Loch Ness, the tour guide specifically slowed down just a little bit as we were driving. So you could see Nessie? (laughs) Yes, so we could see Nessie. No, so that he could show us the monument. Like, it was just really, I mean, it's an old monument. It's been up for a while. That's good. I feel like the people sometimes, I don't want to say the people care more than, yeah, they care more. Yeah, the people almost always care more. Yeah. But anyway, that is the history of the Glencoe Massacre. So, in 1857, on a small island off the west coast of Scotland called Benbecula, a Mm. rare triple homicide took place. At least it's rare. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. At least it's rare and not common. So, the regular Tuesday (laughs) 3 murder massacre... I don't know. However, it was not given much attention due to another homicide that arose just a few months prior. And I think I mentioned this to you once. The woman who had killed her lover when she was supposed to get married to I another guy. I think so. Yeah, I don't really. You know how my touch memory on is, it later. so yeah. I don't. I would even remember this later. So we'll touch on it later. Okay. <laughs> like the majority of twenty-four-year-olds in today's society just, you know, back in the 1800s, Uh, Angus McPhee suffered from a mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. Feel that. Feel that. Feel that. So much. Uh, Unlike today's society, however, the people of South Eust did not know how to handle the situation. Uh, Angus had a fallout with his prior boss and left his job as a farmhand. When I say fallout, I mean that he just had a very angry burst. Oh, like he had like a break? Or that he just had like an outburst? Outburst. Okay. Like a breakdown. Okay. The local priest stepped in, and after his mental illness became more unstable, their solution to this was to tie him up and feed him only water and bread. <laughs> like, starving the guy is going to help. So, let me <coughs> tell you. Um. Starving someone does not get rid of mental illness. No, no. And also, I, I really thought you were going to say they were going to, like, do an exorcism. <laughs> uh, as soon as you said that the priest intervened, so. You know, you think that would be the logical. Logical. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the logical thing when you think a priest is stepping in on mental illness, but no. Yeah. Just, just feed the kid bread and water and he'll be fine in a few days. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, but also, I said that he was tied up, right? They recommend tying him up and feeding him only bread and water. Yes, okay. Luckily, he wasn't tied up all the time. It was only when he became a danger to himself and everyone surrounding him. So, specifically, Mm -hmm. only when he had these angry outbursts. Ah, gotcha. So, the only thing that I can kind of relate it to in the terms that we have now would be something similar to bipolar polar disorder or schizophrenia mm. but like the ones that you just outburst like you can't I mean you can't so control like, it um, anyway but yeah like how he like you literally just can't control himself similar to intermittent explosive disorder yeah. yes yes exactly and it was it was an, it was a thing where he was fine most of the time but just when it came on it was really bad mm. After leaving his job and getting this wonderful diagnosis from a priest... I just want to say real quick that we're not diagnosing this person. We don't know him. It's just we're trying to relate it to things to nowadays, similar yeah, yeah. to what we kind of sort of know If We're not experts. N- not, no, not in the least. Uh, <laughs> no. So, after his diagnosis by the priest of all people, not the doctor's... Diagnosis. Diagnosis. Angus then returned to his family, who lived on Benbecula Island. Just wait for the dog toes to stop. The pitter-patter. Yeah, the little pitter-patter. Pitter-patter, let's get at her. (laughs) (laughs) I finished watching that, by the way. All of it? I was so angry. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, wait. Like the episode, or... All of it. Every season? I'm pretty sure, unless it decided to, uh... Hold on, let me check. I'm sorry, you watched all six seasons? Oh, I'm gonna ch- check. I have Hulu on my phone. Hold on. It's been a week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't watched... have a life. This is what happens when I don't... <laughs> this is what happens when I don't have a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs a boyfriend, am I right? <sighs> Boyfriends. Blech. Hold on. Later. Kenny. Unless it like started me randomly on a different season, which is entirely possible. Hulu does get a little bit weird sometimes. Yeah, I completely skipped season five. Oh. Let me check season four and season four. Oh, so it really just skipped season, season, season six? <laughs> what? It did. So you've only seen seasons but one and I saw three season and one six. and seven, yeah. Oh. What, it's seven? No, six, yeah. Oh, one so is seven. Oh, the sevens out? I need to watch it right now. Let's stop recording. What the pray. heck? Okay, so I'll be watching season two through five. Okay. Tonight. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so- I bet you were pretty confused. <laughs> Are you I you just like, oh, I guess this is how the show goes. I did tell you there were going to be some episodes where it seems like time has shifted a little bit. I was also just a little very confused when suddenly, um- Oh, who's that one kid, Stewart? Stewart, when suddenly Stewart went from looking like a kid to being like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I was like, oh, well he grew up. <laughs> Amazing what five years can do. <laughs> <laughs> five years, what? No. In case anybody's wondering, we're talking about Letter Kenny, uh, the <laughs> best show ever. <laughs> the worst show it's ever. The, best show it's my life it's the worst show ever (laughs) okay so back on topic oh yeah yeah, yeah. on july 9th 1857 mr briscoe who was an inspector for the board of supervision and mr MacDonald, they're still alive guys Mm. a banker and inspector of the poor we're visiting the pauper. <laughs> Sorry, Inspector of the Poor. <laughs> yeah, Inspector of the Poor. Like to make sure that they were actually poor and deserved. Oh gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I thought you just meant like <laughs> like oh you're still poor, cool. Or like look at these poor people. <laughs> well no, really it really was the first one to make sure that they were still poor and oh. were still deserving of what the what they were getting help for. Okay. Which oops not bad no they were visiting the pauper mary mcphee who was angus mcphee's aunt upon arriving to the house it appeared as if the house was empty but as the gentleman began to pack up and leave Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh mr briscoe spotted miss mcphee asleep in her bed but when he went to go check on her he found her dead her neck was slashed her face was ripped, and her skull Ugh. was completely battered. Ugh. And not far away from the bloody mess that was once Miss McPhee was a pair of blood-smeared handcuffs. Oh, oh no. Yeah. So, Briscoe and McDonald led a group to Lyncate, where the relatives of Miss McPhee lived, with their 24-year-old son, Angus. Angus. Yeah. They arrived and found their abode similar to that of Mary McPhee along with the now deceased bodies of Angus McPhee Sr. and Catherine McInes McPhee. Ugh. It was then that it was announced to the small crowd that had been forming outside of the house that Angus McPhee must have gone mad and would be roaming the island. Briscoe told everyone to arm themselves with weapons in case they would be Angus's next victims. <laughs> oh wow. That's Yeah, like, people, I mean, this, I mean, this continued through the night. People would, the men of the house would stay up at night and just kind of keep firearms and weapons close. Yeah. In order to protect themselves, should this killer. Yeah, just in case, you know, some, some person off the street that just wants to kill you. Yeah, yeah, just in case this person off the street wants to just kill you for no reason. The next morning, Angus was found sitting on an island in one of the many locks situated on Benbecula. A crowd had begun to gather on the shores and were coaxing Angus to turn himself in. He agreed, stating that there was no reason to resist with so many people, and threw his weapon into the lock. I'm so shocked that they didn't just, like, freak- like, kill him. Yeah. These- I guess maybe if if like they knew him, they're probably like, "Oh, you need to turn yourself in." But still, I like I would think they'd be like, "This guy is terrorizing our town. We need to do something." Well, and I think that's probably what this is. The I mean, it was a small town, so I mean, they probably, every everyone yeah. knew each other, and they knew that he had issues, and yeah, that he had his good moments and his bad moments. So after he threw his weapon into the lock. Only then, two men were able to wade through the lock. Through the lock. That seems... I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to say. Like, that seems kind of something you'd do if it was premeditated. Like, trying to get rid of the murder weapon. Well, I'm taking it as a... He, he realized he was stuck and there's no reason to do it, so as oh, he's like he putting his hands like, up, he just... Oh, like, I don't need this anymore. Yeah, like, what is my point of this? Uh, Also, to, you know, show probably good faith towards the people that that if they come over, he won't... Be able to attack them. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm just like, oh, he's trying to get rid of the murder weapon. (laughs) (laughs) You're thinking logically. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, only then were two men able to wade through the lock and bring him into custody. After Angus was jailed, his story finally came out as they, you know, did the whole court thing. On the day of the murders, Angus had walked to his aunt's house. There had been an argument between the two of them, and she probably tried to put the handcuffs on him. Mm. Uh, It was known among the island, like I said, that being confined only made his illness overwhelm him more. He then, spur of the moment, slit her throat, slashed her face... And pummeled her head with the iron cuffs. That's overkill. That, that's a fit of rage, fit of something, he... Yeah, I guess. It, yeah. But again, one of those things. Why do you have to handcuff him? Why? I guess, yeah, yeah, I... I mean, imagine that you're arguing with someone that I assume you care about. I mean, it's your aunt. And then they just start like, I don't want to deal with this. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna go get these handcuffs and restrain you. Yeah, exactly. I can understand. Like, I mean, I can't understand slashing her throat. Right, but right. I mean, I can understand like being upset, being like, I don't want this to happen. Yeah, I, I still wouldn't <coughs> imagine doing that. I mean, I don't know because I don't have that that mindset. Yeah. Yeah, after the initial murder, for some reason, he decided to return home, and he then did the exact same thing to his mother. He was still in his mood. Do you think maybe he wasn't, though? What do you mean? Like, maybe he went home and was like, I did this bad thing, and they tried to do the same thing, so he freaked out? It's entirely possible. But also... His his father was outside working on the potatoes. Oh. Uh, so, if I don't see his father was trying to handcuff him because he was having an, an outburst. Yeah. He actually had to, he actually lured his father inside. Like, he oh. called out to his dad saying, hey dad, you want to share a pipe of tobacco with me? Oh, that's not, that is definitely premeditated. That this yes so yeah at this point you know his dad had you know come in with the impression that he and his son were going to share a nice pap pop, pipe pop, <laughs> pop. that they were going Get to the share. Pop. I'm ready <laughs> Get the pop. Uh, with the impression that they were going to share a nice pipe of tobacco, an ice pipe, <laughs> a nice pipe. Okay. Uh, at which point, Angus then grabbed a hold of his father and ran his knife across his father's throat before smashing his head in with the handcuffs. My god. How do you smash someone's head in with handcuffs? Because it was those really big, heavy iron ones. Oh, duh. God. I'm thinking of like. <laughs> You're thinking of the ones now. Yes. I was like, oh, that doesn't seem possible. God. Uh, he then bundled his father under the bed. And closed up the house as if he had never been there and ran he, into the hills. What did he do to his mom? Same thing it did to his aunt. Oh. But she was just laying there. He didn't try to conceal her, but he stuffed his dad under the bed. I wonder why. Realizing he did something wrong? I, it, it didn't go very far into detail as to why, because, I mean, this is just such an old story. Yeah. Like I said, it didn't get a whole lot of press because of the murder that happened previously. Um but all this little bits of information actually came from the actual court writings uh, that the National Archive of Scotland posted on their Twitter account. Oh, okay. So, like I actually making I'm not making all this up, but I'm like reworded it to yeah. be a nice little story. On his little adventure thwarting <laughs> the crowd. <laughs> adventure, <laughs> yeah. On his, you know, little fun adventure, you know, just killing three people hiding in the, hiding in the woods, and yeah, uh, thwarting the crowd of people chasing him. He encountered a man named Monroe, and invited him to have a smoke. Monroe trusted his guts and the weird feeling that Angus gave him, along with the fact that they had never gotten on before. So this is before the crowd found him. This is before the crowd found him. Okay. Yep. This more than likely saved Monroe's life, and for some reason, Angus also decided to leave open the floodgates to the local water mill. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So, Oath probably is like a distraction so he could get away. Yeah, exactly. And unattended, the mill just ran and ran until friction caused it to catch on fire. Luckily, the fire was put out and there were no lo- other lives lost. He did continue to knock on a couple of locked doors, but to no avail. Because, of course, everyone knew what he had done, and all the doors and windows were kept locked all night. So he was continuing, like, trying to kill people. Yes. He just kind of went on a little murder spree, but didn't get a chance to murder anyone. The rest we already know, because I already told you the ending. But at his trial later that year, Angus said that he was the Christ and that he had killed his relatives by divine command. Oh. He even stated that he had intended to kill some others. It was rumored that the blacksmith who forged his handcuffs was on the top of that list. The Christ. (laughs) He was the Christ. And because he, you know, claims he was the Christ, the judge and jury found him guilty by insane and confined him to a lunatic asylum. The Christ. (laughs) The Christ. (laughs) I can't move past that. Um, That's extremely common. (laughs) That a lot of people tend to, like, have that delusion that they're Christ. But... Or... God. Yeah, that too. Just, I don't even know what to say. (laughs) I mean, I'm pretty sure anything I say will sound extremely insensitive. Alright, so, please tell me your story. Oh, are we done? Yeah, that that was was it. it. That was it. Okay. I mean, it's not, it's not a very widely known Like, uh, a lot of the details are widely known. Yeah, no, there's not a whole lot of details on it. Alright, I feel like the History was your real story. <laughs> history is my story, guys. Um, okay. I could well, just find more on it, but I also really just wanted to do like a small, yeah, Scottish, 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 <laughs> the Scottish a that. small Scottish story. All right, so I guess that leads into my story, which is, um, well, let me preface this by saying I don't. I'm not very good at pronouncing things. I did Google this and tried to figure out how a lot of it was said. Probably not even remotely correct. So my story um, is the paranormal story today. And I'm doing the... <laughs> uh, the way that Google told me you're supposed to say it is um For this. Beanie. So it looks like beanie. Beanie. Maybe it's benia Okay, hold on. B-nia? I want to Google how you. That's what it said. Binia. 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 Okay, hold on. N I G H E. Those are some creepy pictures. Ah, <laughs> uh, you saw the pictures good because I didn't put any on here for you to see. Yeah. Binia. 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 Binia? Binia? I'm going uh, to put a how, how to pronounce. How to pronounce. Binia. Binia. Oh, well, there's how to pronounce banshee. Bitch, I'm not going <laughs> to say banshee. Um. Okay, we'll go on. Um, you it's know been what you're talking five hours. It, uh, nah, yeah, yeah, it has. You got here at 12.30. Um. Okay. So I'm just gonna say, binia, 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 binia. All right. We'll go for it. Um. My sources for this were Wikipedia, icycedric and uh, UncoveringScotland.wordpress.com So thank you guys for Woo. your contribution. <laughs> thank you for helping us with our research. Yeah. All right. So the binia, bin, binia, binia, binia. 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 I don't know. Bin binia. Yeah. Benia 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 So I'm going to go with Benai Benai Benai, I don't know I'll probably try to work my way around it Try not to say it Benai Bin Benai Benia Benia Is said to be a female spirit of the dead A fairy or maybe a form of The ancient Celtic war goddess Known as the Morrigan Morgan, so like King Arthur? Yes okay yep. Yeah. Um, she's typically regarded as an omen of death and a messenger from the other world similar to a banshee. Mm. Um, she's also called the little washer, little washer of the Ford or the little washer of the sorrow of a sorrow uh, of the sorrow. Yeah. Let me just wash away your sorrows. please. <laughs> please. but you don't wash you don't want her washing anything of yours. Oh no. The legends say that she's seen in lonely places beside a stream or a pool, washing the blood from the clothes of those who are about to die. Oh, well, that's not ominous or anything. <laughs> I know, <right? laughs> I mean, she's a literal omen, but no, it's not ominous. <laughs> it's important to note that while she might be the herald of death, she doesn't cause it. Okay. She, she may or may not cause some other things, but that we'll see um so her abilities seem to differ based on locality in some areas she has the power of imparting knowledge and is able to grant wishes if she's approached with caution and i'll explain that in a second it said there are multiple that they're the spirits of women who died giving birth and that they're doomed to perform their tasks until the day their lives would have normally ended Mm -hmm. which is super depressing it was also believed that this fate could be avoided if all the clothing left by the deceased women had been washed. Otherwise, she would have to finish this task after death. Hoey. Oh, yeah. Just adding tasks on to women. Psh, nothing new. Nope. <laughs> on the Isles of Mull and Tyree, she was- Mull and, <laughs> Mul and Tyree? Mull and Tyree. And, okay. Mullen. Yeah, I know. I talk fast. I try not to. <laughs> Mullen Tyree. I was like, is this a new one? Yeah. Uh, okay, so she said to have have unusually long breasts <laughs> that interfere with her washing. So she throws them over her shoulders and lets them hang down her back. Ow. I don't know. <laughs> like, that just sounds so painful. Like the other spirits couldn't have bought her a bra? She could have stolen one? Um, but no, like, it reminds me of that song, um, that, you know, we hear, like, we would hear as children, like, your ears hang low, yeah. do they wobble to and fro, can you tie them in a knot, can you tie them in a bow? So, my mom and I, when she told me that boobs get saggy, I think it was because of, um, my grandma, I don't remember why, I have no idea where it came from. Or why we were even talking about it, but she told me that boobs get saggy, and then ever since then we just sort of had this joke, like, do your boobs hang low? Do they wobble, wobble to and, and fro? <laughs> I just forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do they wobble to and fro? Can you time it or not? Can you time it and bow. And, yeah, that's what Amy thought. Of. To be I fair, I remember hearing that from boys in elementary school. Really? I do. <laughs> like, a fifth grade on the mm-hmm. playground. I don't know if you remember that or not. You're asking me if I remember something? No, (laughs) I don't. I don't remember anything. (laughs) Oh, how dare you. World's Um, worst memory. Alright, so it gets creepy. Those who see her must not turn away, but quietly approach her from behind. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah, so she's not aware. Gross. It says he in a lot of this, so I'm just gonna keep on saying he. Because I guess it's just based around, like, men going up to them, but... I don't know. Anyway, so... Let's let's they, be honest, though. Most women, if you see a naked woman washing something, you tend to just veer. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I, well, some women. So, true, some women. But also, like, respecting your privacy. Yes. But. So you have to quietly approach her from behind so she's not aware. Then you should take hold of one of her breasts... Put it in your mouth. <laughs> oh Jesus. And claim to be her foster child. Yeah, this is definitely written by a man. So, like, I'm thinking maybe that came from the idea that she died during childbirth. Yeah. And she's just like looking for her child, maybe? But also if you're a grown man she's gonna know the difference. Apparently not, oh, because, yes. um, after you claim to be her foster child, she will then impart to you whatever knowledge you desire, so if she says, like, the clothing she's washing belongs to an enemy, then, like, you can keep her, you can, like, let her keep washing the clothes, but if it belongs to, like, you or any of your friends or family, then you can stop her from completing the task and avoid your or their fate. I'm sorry, I'm still stuck. Are they still, like, hanging on to the boob while she's telling them all of this? I don't think so. I think once you, like, gain her trust, (laughs) then, um, then you can get her to tell you this stuff. Okay. Um, Anyway, on the Isle of Skye, she's said to have a squat figure resembling a small, pitiful child. Well, that's even more disturbing. Yeah, and if someone catches her, she has to reveal to them how they die, but they have to truthfully answer her questions in return. Oh. Yeah, and if she sees you first, then you will lose the use of your limbs. That's nice. Yeah, sure. I'm just, just gonna walk up behind this woman. She's gonna turn around, and I'm just gonna suddenly just plop to the ground. Basically, not, not it's fun. better to just like if you see some lady, just leave just, her alone. Yeah. Just, just don't even try. So in in Perthshire. She was described as small and rotund and dressed in green and could be caught by getting between her and the string. So, that's not technically catching someone, that's just stopping someone from doing something. Yeah. But, okay. She's sometimes said to sing a mournful song as she washes the clothing of someone who is about to meet a sudden death by violence. She's often so absorbed in washing and singing that she can sometimes be captured. If a person can seize hold of her after a stealthy approach, then she'll reveal who's about to die, and she'll grant you three wishes. Convenient. Win-win. Yeah. Sometimes described as having various physical defects, including having only one nostril, a large protruding front tooth, or red webbed feet. She's yeah. a frog. It's the inside <laughs> that counts. This is, uh, this is true, yes. Um... So, in many legends, she will manifest before wars, massacres, or conflicts, washing bloody clothes of those destined to die in said violence, and when she would sing, many mothers and wives would grow fearful when hearing it, knowing that it signaled the imminent death of sons and husbands who were off fighting in those wars. Aww. One popular Highland story is about a maiden from Cromarty? Crum- Cromarty? Crum- R T. Cromerty. Cromerty! Cromerty! That's probably not (laughs) it. (laughs) Welcome to Kentucky. (laughs) Basically. (laughs) uh, Was walking along a path by the side of a lock one morning, and after turning a corner, she saw a tall woman standing in the water washing clothes. Nearby, she observed more than 30 smocks and shirts, all smeared with blood. Hmm. Shortly following the appearance of the woman in the water, the roof of Fern Abbey collapsed during worship service, burying the congregation in debris oh. and killing nearly 36 people. Oh. Weirdly, oh. that Abbey roof really did collapse in 1742, and the death toll was at nearly 50. So there's a bit of truth to that, truth to that one, at least. Okay, that... Oh, that... No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's a lot of people. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of people. Also, that's a lot of clothes to have to wash. I know. This this poor woman. She must fairy be so thing. tired. Right. In one folktale collected by Alexander Carmichael, a man whose name I cannot pronounce. I did not add it in here. Okay. Um just <laughs> let me see. I did not even let me add try it and in and here. Butcher I was it. like, yeah, I didn't even write down its name. It just translates to wet foot man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> wet foot so wet foot man of <laughs> the great clan rinald of the isles or oh yeah was heading home to dunboya which is uh, it's like Dunboyed, i don't know um, but <laughs> google tells me that it's dunboya um in the upland of Benbecula. beckula yay ben and when he was approaching the lock in the early morning light on the stepping stones he saw the washerwoman of the ford singing a mournful song he went gently and quietly behind her and seized her in his hand ew she tried to make him release her ew but he said i will not allow thee away till thou promise me my three choice desires Mm. yeah that just sounds gross yeah think thinking about a man and holding on to Yeah. Mm. yeah 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 so his wishes were as follows that thou wilt tell to me for whom thou art washing the shroud and crooning the dirge. That thou crooning wilt. Crooning the dirge. Yes. <laughs> like, don't call my song a dirge. You're a dirge. <laughs> no. Um, that thou wilt give me my choice wife. And that thou wilt keep an abundant. Will keep abundant seaweed in the creek of our townland as long as the Earl of Scare IOS. Don't quote me on that. Uh, shall continue his moaning. Continue his moaning. Yeah. Don't know. Okay. Don't get it. Don't get it. I'm just... Moaning in what way? Moaning in pain? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Continue, please. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I didn't think about it. Anyway. Huh. So, she says, I'm washing the shroud and crooning the dirge for great clanrenald of the isles and he shall never again in his living life of the world go thither nor come hither across the clacken of donboya the man threw the shroud of death into the lock on the point of his spear told everything that he saw and everything that befell him so he went home and he told everything that he saw and heard and that befell him the clanrenald leapt out of bed and he ordered a cow to be felled and a coracle to be made ready. Coracle is a little boat. So, okay, a cow to be felled. Yes. And for a little boat. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to steal a cow and he needs a boat. <laughs> or to kill a cow. To kill a cow. Okay. A okay. uh, cow was felled accordingly and a little coracle was constructed, which Clan Rinald went from the island over the lock to the mainland and he never returned. Probably for the best. Yeah, sure. I don't. I have no idea. Just I just I just write down what I see. <laughs> All right. So this one's not a signing. It was actually just a short story, but I wanted to add it in there. Yay. Um, one writer, Dorothy K. Haynes, who was a Scottish horror slash supernatural writer. She frequently wrote wrote articles for the Scotsman and had a lot of her work published in ghost and horror anthologies. She tells a story about a Binie Bin I'm Bin Binye. And if you guys want to let us know how that's actually said, please we would do. really pronounce it. I'd appreciate, pr- appreciate it a that. lot. <laughs> yeah. Um can't go back and re-record it after it's so I mean We'd still like to know though. But we would like to know. We will correct ourselves in the future. Right. Short story. Right. <laughs> so the story was about uh, Binia, Binia, and a little girl called Mary. Um, As Mary was walking home one day, she heard a splash from the river. She went down there expecting to find her mother washing clothes, but instead found a short woman with a withered, mean face and a small, horrible, and and small, horrible feet grappling the ground, bare and webbed like a duck's. (laughs) Okay. That's just creepy. (laughs) Uh, Mary, it sounds kind of cryptid <laughs> It does. Yeah. Mary ran home to her mother, who persuaded her to return to the site a few nights later and found out who the shrouds were for. And why would your mom tell you to go down there and do that? Okay, yeah, but why wouldn't the mom go down and do yeah. it? Yeah. Like, I'm assuming, wait, how old is Mary? Did you say? It doesn't say. Okay, I'm assuming Mary's like a- Just such a little Smaller yeah. child, yeah. Why wouldn't a mother go and check out this strange woman with uh. webbed feet? i don't know who are washing shrouds i don't know <sighs> mom i swear anyway <laughs> mary tried to sneak up on the woman but as she approached her the woman swung around and hit the girl with the shroud mary's legs were completely paralyzed and she was left unable to walk her mother eventually found her and carried her home to await an even deeper tragedy as the the story ends there, um, but it kind of implies that the shrouds were for Mary herself,
1: and that All she of would the die.
0: I don't know. It didn't really say how many were there. Just that there was something that she was washing. Okay. So. So this woman was just washing the same shroud like a dozen times until Mary just happened upon her, so she could smack her with it. I suppose. Okay, yeah. well, you know, I'm glad that's a short story and not like a, uh, <laughs> someone actually saw this. Yeah, but in conclusion, stay away from strange women in the water washing bloody clothes. Stay away from strange naked women in water washing bloody clothes. Well, that doesn't say she was naked. If her boobs are over her shoulders. Oh, <laughs> well, well, in some of them she's wearing green. Really? Yeah. Like leaves and moss? No, like a dress. Oh. With her boobs over her shoulder. So she just takes her boobs out of the dress. I don't know. <laughs> it, I don't think it's the same in every one. Like, each one has a different one. So in one, she's just like a hunched over old woman mm, wearing a gotcha. uh, green dress. So Okay, but in all, stay away from anyone that you don't know. <laughs> Who might be washing always bloody shrouds. Always stay away from everyone you don't know. Always. <laughs> never make new friends. Never meet people. Stay alone at home. Always. <laughs> Yeah, no. Why would you want to meet people? That's such a horrible idea. I know. I should have stayed at home. I should have never gone to school and met you. I know. That's such a tragedy, right? Oh, yeah. My life is so much worse. (laughs) (laughs) It's so much worse for wear. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, that is all I've got. Do you have anything to add? Anything you want to say? So, she's like a banshee. Yeah. But she doesn't scream. Yes. She's just an omen of death. She sings. But Her singing might be really singing? bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was my next question, oh, it Sounds is like it's a good singing. Uh, dirge doesn't really sound like a good thing. No, it really doesn't. Really. It might be a good thing, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, in conclusion, stay away from women in streams who are washing bloody shrouds. Stay yeah. away from men in streams washing bloody shrouds. Stay, stay away, from away from people washing bl- bloody clothes. Yes, because they might be a murderer, so let's not. Let's not and say we did. <laughs> sure. <laughs> all right, well, that is all for this week. Um, Thank you so much for listening. And anything you want to say? Once again, I'm Grace. And I'm Rachel. And this is Myths and Misfortunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe. And thanks again so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.